Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 132 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. Holy cow, Jacob. It's we, happening. Yeah, we're finally getting this episode in somehow. So we'd like to apologize for not having an episode last week. We didn't let anyone know. We tried... We're just, are we old people that we just didn't understand the technology, but we, we couldn't figure it out. We had some technical difficulties and then we tried again and <laughs> failed a second time. It was truly astounding <laughs> the second time that it didn't work this morning. It's really just real ragey. But, real. but we, we got it through. We, well, we should say you got it through once we did the... All right, the now, technical I, expertise. Once I, grease, once I grease some palms. Yeah, we just kind of like it worked out. Yeah, you you were being the um the nice one in here. I was about to go full uh talent diva in here and just start screaming at people. Why are is our computer not ready? Excuse me, people. Where oh, is my Where is like my that. espresso? <laughs> I showed up here on time today. Where are all my green only M and M's? Ooh, that's a good idea. Like things like that. The next one. So as you listen to this, you have finished Thanksgiving, and I hope that everyone was smart about it. And yep. kept it kept it in the house because yeah. we're trying to think the best of you, everybody. We'll if you see. don't, if you don't just do it, it's never gonna end. And I need to go out yeah. into the world, please. If just we, do if, the thing. It would be so nice if we could just stop being in lockdown and just get out in the world again. That would be I would, fantastic. I would enjoy that. So, as we know, in the wake of rising numbers of COVID cases and hospitalizations, many states and definitely Western New York oh, yeah. are going back to lockdowns. It's not only New York, though. It's like Illinois, Virginia, Michigan, Maryland, Minnesota, California, Washington, all doing really poorly. Yeah. So they're kind of headed to the same thing. So by the time you are listening to this, we're either still in the orange zone or we have... Or more, right into the red yeah, zone. More likely we're going to be red by the time this airs. And that means lockdown of schools and churches and businesses, restaurants, office buildings. I mean, the Buffalo libraries currently are doing curbside only. Mm-hmm. So we had to close to the public. Um, so I don't know. Just please, for a while, just stick to your household. We want everyone to stay really safe. Um, stick to your household. Maybe don't go out. Maybe do virtual Thanksgiving this year, guys. Just Get some curbside DVDs. So what my plan is, since we are pre-Thanksgiving for us right now, (laughs) is I'm doing a Terminator trilogy. Oh, you're going to watch all of them? No. I'm going to do three. I'm going to do one. Okay. Obvious. Smart. Two. Okay. And then that new one, Dark Fate. Really? Because I heard that one's actually quite good. It is better than it should be. I did enjoy the third one. And you are watching them in the correct order because the other ones don't matter if you count Dark Fate. No, I hated three. I, I really liked three, actually. Oh, did you? Four, I, I just thought like. he was not a good John Connor. Oh, he's a terrible John yeah, Connor, but the miscast. story itself. I like dark endings in stories, so yeah. the end of that movie made me really oh, happy. Oh, that was dark. And then Salvation was meant, and I didn't yeah. even see the one with- Genesis, don't even- With mm, Daenerys in it. Mm, not good. Not yeah, good at all. exactly. But so um, when we hit the orange zone and the library was just doing curbside and restaurants were closing, Jacob called, and we were just kind of talking about it, and he was like- Welcome to Lockdown, the sequel. And I was like, oh, it's true because we've done this once. And then we were like, oh, that would be a really good episode yeah. is to talk about sequels. Mark- sequels that were good because you know what? You can make this second lockdown enjoyable. Yeah, you we can. can do it. Ironically, it also is the second time I've come up with a good idea for the show. So <laughs> this is the sequel to my first good idea. It's been three years. Good for you. <laughs> but I feel like, okay, so the, the idea of a cynical cash-in is one criticism that's often leveled 
at sequels. They're kind of like the lesser sibling, yeah, I think they're known as. Yeah, because a lot of time you don't need them. If you make a good movie in the first place, you don't need a second one. You don't. So, they're t- I mean, they're just totally a, a gamble because sometimes you get Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. or The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And then sometimes you, you walk into a dark theater, the screen is, is glowing, and you sit down. And then you are accosted with Caddyshack, too. Oh, you're just like, I'm going to have a good day today after I go see Son of the Mask. I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. Exactly. So crafting a good sequel can be daunting for sure. And filmmakers, it's like they must top the previous movie. Mm -hmm. Or in some cases, they have to redeem a flagging franchise, which I'm hoping with this Terminator, Dark Fate, does that. And I think one of the big issues is that screenwriters often fall back on rehashing old plot points. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. They always always do what worked in the first movie. Exactly, it's the same thing. Or they assume that bigger is better when it comes to budget and effects. And then you're like, oh, this is disgusting. Yeah, like I'm looking at you, Hangover 2. Everything about you is terrible. Yeah, Hangover 2, Ocean's 12. Like a lot of these movies are guys. Come on, what are you doing here? Oh, like, Ocean's 12, but I liked Ocean's 13. So did I, and I liked they the third. They pulled it back around. Like the third of the, uh, what was that one we just said two seconds ago? Hangover? Hangover. The third movie was all right, too. It was basically the first movie again. Yeah. But it was better than that second one. I'd so. kind of given up. So some, but we will say that some of the greatest films ever made are actually sequels. Right. I got a couple. We're going to get a couple. Absolutely. Like, that are maybe better than the original or... They really just build on what the audience already knows and loves about the characters, and they just add to a really brilliant story. So yeah, let's let's talk about let's get into it. Some of the best um, sequels, and I'm gonna kind of I'm not gonna do so much plot description as why I think it's good and how it kind of stacks up against the original. Sure. Okay. So. Aliens, Ugh. number one, right? The, I love that movie so much. Way better than that snoozer of a first movie. I mean, I, I do like the first movie, but Aliens is amazing. It came out in 1986, 86 months after the first Alien. That's a long time. There's, there's a little that is a long time. So it's so good because... And, well, it's good because of Jim Cameron. We, let's get right off the bat That's here. just it. It's, it's his genius... It lies in manipulating the tension and beautifully structuring the switches from like buildup to mm-hmm. carnage. To, there's so much like unbearable waiting, and then there's like really great scenes of action. It, this um, is a movie that it's it's so different than the first movie in all the best ways. Like it's a per, it's a perfect kind of follow up. Everything that the first movie wasn't is what the second movie is. Yeah, which the, is like so great. All the Marines that they bring. Um, who accompany this just like really reluctant Ripley. Although sometimes I'm like, girl, you should have done everything you could to not go back. That's ridiculous. But they're really yeah. fleshed out as individuals and the plot brilliantly is conceived to showcase every character, which is even better when they violently kill them off. Yeah, and boy, <laughs> howdy, do they all get violently killed off in this movie. So as to how it stacks up to the original... It's an entirely changing genre. Yeah, it's a totally different, totally different movie. Yeah, it's like from the haunted house in space to kind of, you know, just balls to the walls action. Yeah. And it was a real master stroke. So it's definitely a a different film, but it's one that's good or, as Jacob said, arguably better than Ridley Scott's Alien. And that's high praise when you can beat a Ridley Scott movie because, you know, he's he's pretty good at what he does. He's got some talent. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's not 
directly comparable because it remains true to the spirit of its predecessor, but it doesn't ever threaten to retread on its steps. No, it's That's totally, what we like in a good sequel. Yeah, totally different story, to, doing totally different things. It's, yeah. the, it's the great, man. All right, so Aliens, for sure. What do you have for All us? Right, so I'm going with probably what I consider the best sequel that not a lot of people realize is a sequel of all wow. time. I'm going with Silence of the Lambs, which nobody remembers is the second movie in the franchise because everybody forgets Manhunter for some reason. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, you didn't? No. So Silence of the Lambs is a sequel to the Michael Mann movie from 1986 starring William Peterson as... Uh, who cares? Okay. <laughs> the guy who Edward Norton played in a future movie. Will Graham, that's who he is. Oh, okay. And then uh, Brian Cox, fa- uh, you know, big fan of us for the show. He plays Hannibal Lecter in the original movie. Oh, wow. And I like Brian Cox yeah, so he's, much. He's pretty good as Hannibal Lecter, too. Okay. M- much different movie. It's Michael is Mann. Is it a good movie? It's Michael Mann. So it's okay. good, but it's really slow at points and it's very stylized. Okay. But it, it follows the book p- pretty much directly. So it follows Red Dragon. Um, the atmosphere is a great, they introduced the character wonderfully. And like I said, this is a kind of, um, Silence of the Lambs, we don't even, what do we really need to say about it? It's probably the best R-rated, um, best picture winner. Sure. Made, made Anthony Hopkins into a megastar, Jodie Foster into an even bigger star. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's And just, it holds up. No matter how many times you see it, it's still in enjoyable and entertaining film. yeah i mean the fact that like i said the fact that this movie has completely erased the fact that it is a sequel um yeah I, blows I mean, everybody's I mind i didn't even know that so that's an interesting tidbit thank you yeah, you're welcome so yeah <laughs> who says um sequels can't win best picture everybody so you know uh, you've already seen it go check out the book by thomas harris or go check out the movie either one and then go check out the originals as well Look at you. Check it out, check it out, check it out. So now I'm going to talk about which I think is the most famous sequel of all time because people know it's a sequel on like Silence of the Lambs, which would be Godfather 2. Yeah, okay. The two kind of gives it away. (laughs) It does it. So that came out in 1974, which was 30 months after the first one. So that's That's, not... That's a little more like it. Yeah, that's a little more normal. So so why is this so good? This, This is the film that you pull out when you're having like a heated debate about whether sequels are good or not. Like, this is the one that you're like, boom. So two years after The Godfather kind of redefined mobster movies and swept the Oscars, you know. Not surprisingly. Ford Coppola was back without Brando. So he was supposed to be in a late flashback cameo, but then they just were like, well, forget it because he wanted just so much money. Well, and literally that's the scene still in the movie, but it's literally he walks in a door and that's the end of the movie. "Mm, So it's No. "Mm." And you really get to see, like... Michael Corley owns like just kind of Shakespearean descent from family man to cold-blooded corrupt monster. Right. And it's a great bridge into that third movie which would despite having its problems it really does kind of put a bow on Michael's story. Pretty oh, nice. Oh, and it does. And you get like the the scope is so much broader which is great because you have the whole flashback of the rise of Vito Corleone mm-hmm. with Robert De Niro doing his best Brando. So, you, you know, he's really using his source material there and being like, well, I know who I'm supposed to turn into, so I, just, I, I can do that. I just have to be a complete psycho <laughs> during this movie. And he's such, like, a great contrasting person to, like, the bleak, black-hearted Michael. It is. Like, you see such a different, like, Vito. It is very interesting to see how Michael is more cold, calculating, a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot less, lot more detached, whereas um, his dad is mostly about family and making things better for those around him and his friends. So it's very interesting to see how they both kind of 
they didn't, his son didn't learn anything from his dad. He learned all the wrong lessons from him. Absolutely. And that's why, like, this, these two films really should be seen in one sitting. Like, that's kind of how it's always been recommended as, like, this really majestic achievement in film. If if you have the time. Don't watch these on AMC or else you're going to be there all week. (laughs) You really are. And they have, I mean, okay, the first movie probably has more memorable movie moments. Sure. But... There is arguably nothing to rival the impact of the moment when Michael has Fredo killed. Mm-hmm. That's that's really that the film is so much darker. It's less inviting, but it draws you in nonetheless, and that's why I think it's always hailed as like the best sequel. Oh, and for very good reason. Like Definitely, you said, just fabulous movie all around. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Everybody. Yeah, that's a good. Um, well, it's after Thanksgiving when you listen, so I was going to say that's a good weekend trilogy. So you know, now that you've mentioned a gangster movie that has a good sequel to it, okay, I'm going to go with one that's not exactly a sequel. But it's telling the same story, so a lot of people consider it a sequel. Okay. I am going with 1990's My Blue Heaven, starring Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. Now, the reason that this is a sequel is because it it's basically the exact story of Henry Hill after Goodfellas. So basically, this tells the story of what happened to him when he moved to his little suburban area. Wow, it's Steve really? Martin kind of playing the role of Henry Hill trying huh? to adjust to a new life. Is it a? It's a comedy, I assume. It's a comedy. It's definitely a comedy. And this is a very that's very lightly taking on sequel, Jacob. Well, I like your style. Yeah, it's it's going on. It's actually was written. Um, let me see if I got it written down here. Well, the writer of the book was actually married to Nicholas P- um, Palazzi, who is the one that wrote Goodfellas. Oh, okay. So I think it's Nora. I think Nora Ephron was the writer of that. Don't quote me on that, but huh. I'm pretty sure it's who it was. She, she makes wrote, everything funny. Yeah, she wrote the se- she wrote My Blue Heaven, and it's basically just the story of Henry Hill living in the suburbs and trying to put his mafia life on all these suburban folks. Obviously, they take a little bit of leeway when they make it, you know, when the mafia starts showing up at the end of it. But still a fun little little action or comedy jaunt if you want to see a movie that's not a sequel. I'm going to have to look that up and make sure the library owns that. That sounds like something we might have to buy since if, I've if never seen it. It's Well, that's because nobody remembers it. It's very forgotten. It's one of those Fox afternoon movies that you used to see on Sundays. <laughs> those affected you deeply. They did, man. They that's always come up. In Predator and Princess Bride, man. That's how I got through, <laughs> got through my youth. Um, but okay. another but another example is a movie that actually is a sequel, but actually creates the theme for the entire series going forward. Okay. That one's going to be The Road Warrior, which is Mad Max Part 2. Sure. Because when people think of Mad Max, you know, like Fury Road, they think... Also of, considered a sequel. <clears throat> well, it is a sequel. Yeah. yeah well, so. Fury Road, also a sequel. Very good one. Okay. I didn't want to go that far Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, but Road Warrior basically sets up the entire world of Mad Max as we know it. Cars, people in S&M outfits driving around, yeah. <laughs> just horrible violence on what I guess is the Australian Ocean. They never really specifically get to where those yeah, movies Yeah, that makes sense, though. Um, but this is a movie that the action scenes in it, this is before, well, probably because they filmed it in Australia, where you didn't really have to care about if people got injured because they are just throwing poor stuntmen off of cars onto, into the road like all day. They didn't care about it. They just all throw, the good stuff. Throw yeah. him off a ditch. He'll be fine. Put some pads <laughs> down. He'll be all right. Um, but it's also notorious for Mel Gibson, the star of this movie, only has 16 lines of dialogue in the entire movie. And it's wow. probably the best acting that he's ever done because he keeps his mouth shut the entire time. <laughs> Zing. Um, but he has to do so much emoting and so much physical thing to get to know what's in his head. It's just it's such a good movie. And the, like the last half hour which is you know if you saw fury road you have an idea what to expect 
But this is much more dirty and The only grimy. thing it's probably missing is an electric guitar that with flames that shoot out of it. Well, I think we're all missing that. That's the if only I, if, bummer. If I could walk into the library every day with a guitar, <laughs> a flamethrower guitar guy, I, let me tell you, I would. Oh, God, I'll never, they'll never get old. Um, <laughs> never. Okay. I still remember going to see that with you, Michelle. We <laughs> both just went like, ah, it's it was great. the best. It so was just awesome. pure happiness. Um, okay, so the one that I'm going to be enjoying over Thanksgiving here, Terminator 2. Of course. Of course. Came out in 1991, 81 months after the first one. Which, a long time, but still understandable. Still worked. People were still vested enough in the film. But why is it so good? Okay. Well, again, Jim Cameron. There it is. The (laughs) action, the pace. Story. Sarah Connor's biceps. Mm -hmm. All those things are really... They're very very tough and ropey looking. You can tell she's got some strength in those things. Oh, you know it. The clever early switcheroo where you think that Arnie's going to be the bad guy and Mm -hmm. that Robert Patrick is going to be the good guy and you're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's funny to think there was a time where that was like a surprise. Everybody knows it now, but there was a time people in the theater were like, oh my God, what's going on? He's back. He's back. And then, you know, further considerations of what time travel really means for the present are mm-hmm. all really effective in this film. Um, but I'd say that it was the effects in the set pieces that really blew all of our kind of collective socks off. It still looks good today. That's why I'm really excited to watch it again because it's been a while and I'm like, oh, I need to see his kind of liquid body, mercury or whatever it is um, I, forming. So I'm really looking forward to that. I have seen, I watched parts of it in the last couple months and I can tell you it still looks good. Like okay. it look, it doesn't look, it's not like you're watching a late 90s action sci-fi like, oh, movie. No. You're like, oh God, that looks terrible. No, look it still, looks, screen. still yeah. looks pretty good. So I would say like, how did this one stack up against the original is that the first one was more of a horror movie than an action movie, I yeah, think. Yeah, I would say that. It's a yeah. sci-fi horror movie for sure. Yeah, it was like a slasher film with some like little sci-fi trimmings around it but in the second one Cameron pulls the same trick he did with aliens where he like is switching the genre and upping the ante and just producing something entirely different so you get all of that but it also feels like part of the same franchise so that's why I'm really excited to watch the newest one because it's him again yeah, he's a producer on this one. And he and just, it's like he just needs to have his hand in it. So I'm very curious. I can't wait to talk to you about this third movie. Because yeah, I'm looking forward to you're it. Gonna, you're probably going to have questions because I'm the sci-fi go-to for you because it it's gets true. very timey-wimey and very confusing. Not as bad as Genesis does, but it definitely gets into... I have a real thing with time travel, too. I get I get really in my head about it. Like I get really upset about it. They change... The time travel in they change what it's all, like how it works in the third movie. Oh, and don't it tell is, me anything else. It is for the best. It is okay. going to be something you're going to like because what what it implies. All right. Especially, uh, uh, text me after the first ten minutes and let me know what you think. That's what I. That's oh, what I. Wow. Saying. All right. All right. So the next one I'm going to go with. Uh, so I guess I'll go with Evil Dead Two. Sure, that sounds like a Jacob poll. <laughs> that's the you know that's the first one I saw in that series. I saw them in reverse order. Like three, two, one is the order that I saw them in, and. Uh, I just saw I Evil Dead movies. for the first time this October. Did you really? Yeah. Love that movie so much. There's um there was a really disturbing scene that I think Oh, I wonder which one it could be. Should not have existed. Yeah. In a, in a movie. Yeah, anybody who uh if you're a four H person, maybe avoid Evil Dead. There's gonna be a couple scenes in there you ain't gonna like very much. I was just like, this feels unnecessary <laughs> and disturbing. Fun fact, do you know who uh edited Evil Dead One? No. Joel Cohen. Oh, really? And you know who did some camera work on Raising Arizona? Who? Sam Raimi. Because those guys, the Coen brothers and Sam Raimi were best friends back then. That's Still adorable. are to this day. So I love that. That's I why. I love that. Um, but Evil Dead 2, 
it's based some of it's a remake of the first movie reimagining it just kind of basically goes over the first movie in the first 10 minutes and then it's just craziness beyond there like you said about terminator taking everything to the next level evil dead is just <laughs> gallons of blood we're gonna let bruce campbell dance all over our set pieces uh, we're gonna expand the lore we're gonna set up a third movie oh my god it's just one of the best horror comedies of all time i love just going back and watching this movie and I would be lying if I didn't say I have stolen some of the cheesier Ash quotes for you, my Jacob. Use. Cheesy. I know, I know. Hard I seem like I am too upscale for that, but I assure <laughs> you, I am not. It's it's hard for me to not just like pass out with what you're saying. I know it just it's so ridiculous. Me walking around and saying <laughs> groovy or hey baby, like who would think? All right, I'll I'll maybe check it out as long as there's not a scene that disturbing. Nope, there's no no there's no tree foo in this second one. Um, okay, you're gonna love this one too. Excellent sequel, and everyone well, not everyone that comes after. I'll stop there. But the Born Supremacy. Oh my God, oh. those Born movies, man. Four out of five are fantastic. So good. So this came out in 2004. This was 25 months after the first one. Again, not too bad. No, not at all. And the reason this one is so good was bringing in the intellectual and politically motivated British director Paul Greengrass. It's best movie this franchise could have done. Absolutely. So he's most famous for his documentary work and like kind of bringing that to a nascent franchise was a gamble that paid off handsomely. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't like the fact that it basically kicked off shaky cam in a lot of in action movies for the next 10 years. But it's the correct way yes. to do some of the shaky cam and he just brought like a real sense of urgency and desperate high stakes reality to the whole franchise. And and you just get that like that frazzled and grieving born and he's on the run for reasons he doesn't entirely understand and that has really pissed him off and that makes me happy. Yeah. That makes for an enjoyable movie. And it's another sequel that builds on like all the Bourne movies they build on the world that they exist in like they set some stuff up in the first movie and yeah. then they add more in the next one and they add a little bit more and then the and TV show added more. The first one had the the nerve to kill off the the movie to his love interest mm -hmm. Franca Potente and like this new film is a darker and more intense affair with like the playful tone of the original is excised in favor of just bone crunching car chases and which thank people you leaping out windows and stuff and it's yeah it's awesome people forget how big of a deal these born movies were like in terms in the action space they were huge and they're so i mean in this this movie is directly responsible for the new direction of bond when mm -hmm. casino royale Absolutely. came out it definitely was inspired by the born and I'm definitely happy they did that because that was a good change for Bond, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love the gimmick that they... I don't know if they did it intentionally in the Bourne movies. Of, um, in case you don't know, there's a thing in them where all of the assets, who are the people that... Uh, Matt Damon has to fight are all yeah. like super famous actors eventually. So yeah. it's kind of hilarious when I you go back. I love the one with Clive Owen, the yeah. magazine fight. That's like my yeah. favorite fight. That's, that's the, the first movie, right? Yeah. Clive Owen's the bad guy in the first movie. Carl Urban's the bad guy yeah. in the second movie. The third movie, it's Vincent Cassell. The fourth movie, or the fourth movie, it's uh, Oscar Isaacs. And then the fifth one, it's uh, the least of them all, that uh, Rodriguez guy. He's been in a lot of stuff. But. I can't even think that there's been that many movies. I haven't really liked any past the original trilogy. You I didn't no, really like um Jeremy Renner. Didn't like that it was bad. Um the newest Jason Bourne one was with, all right. Was I don't know. It was it was okay, but it just wasn't. It didn't, to me, have the same kind of magic or energy that the yeah. first three did. Well, but. the Jeremy Renner one kind of. Once you find out everybody's a super soldier, it kind of oh, sucks was, the energy. It, out it of really it. does. That's a that was a thing. But I guess that made sense that it wasn't just one person that they put all of this time and money into. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah, that's why I kind of wish the TV show. I wish the TV show would have worked. It could have been good for a couple more seasons, but man, eh, nobody cared. All right. That's what happens when you put something on USA that's not a SVU. It's uh, <laughs> all the all Give the people what they want. Yeah, SVU and Supernatural. That's all they want. All right. <clears throat> all right. So next, I'm going to go with uh, another sequel that not everybody knows is a sequel. That's going to be Desperado, Antonio Banderas's breakthrough movie. I've never seen that movie. You never seen Desperado, really? No. I think you wouldn't. Do you like Robert Rodriguez movies? I have to not ask. Not really. That. Oh, you'll hate it then. Okay. This is <laughs> Robert. If you like Robert Rodriguez, you'll love this movie because this is the one that put him on the map. If yeah. like Michelle, you hate him. I don't hate him, but I just don't really like him. This is unrestrained. So this All is right. everything you would or don't like is in this movie. Okay. But if you're an action fan, you cannot go wrong with Antonio Banderas shooting the place up. When they give him a budget that's more than the $50,000 that he made the first movie on, you could tell he definitely enjoyed. Um, What's the first the, movie? Uh, it's called El Mariachi. Oh, okay. Yeah. Made it for 50 grand and filmed it in order, which you know 50 is. 50 grand? Mm-hmm, 50 grand filmed it in order, so they had no cuts. And ever, there was not a single cut in the movie. So every action scene they have to do because they couldn't afford to buy new films. So it's like film it, cut, next scene, go, cut. That's what, how they did it. It's great. The cuts don't feel really stark. and No, it actually adds huh. to the uh, the action a little wow, bit. Wow, so they had to nail the action. There was no one was pressing the blow up button early. They were just in a well, lot of trouble. No, they didn't have time. Nothing for that. It's just go around, run around, get your guitar case, and let's shoot some people. Oh, wow. um, but if you want to see the movie that introduced us to Antonio Banderas, Danny Trejo, oh, and how can we forget Salma Hayek? I mean, this was... Oh, okay. This is fir- first Selma? Oh, pretty much. Yeah, you want to talk about, uh, like... Like top, like a, a hundred out of a ten, that's Hasama Hayek in this movie, man, because she is electric in this film. Wow, man. okay. Like every guy that sees it, their jaw automatically just drops for <laughs> the entirety of her ability in this movie. I mean, I enjoy looking at a good Selma. Well, there you go. This will be the movie for you then, but Desperado, okay. go check it out. So, so fun. All right, I'm into it. So this one I brought up before because this is a movie I love, and I don't care about any of you haters out there who don't like it, but I'm talking about Return to Oz from 1985. (laughs) (laughs) So the sequel came out 490 months after the original. So, you know, just... Like 40 years. (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit behind. A little bit. Okay, why is this movie good to me is that it is this, like, twisted, almost gothic sequel... To, yeah. to the Wizard of Oz, it's like a film you would have expected from Tim Burton. Um, Which I'm not. I'm kind of surprised he did not do it, considering well, he was at the right time for his career to do it. This is, in fact, it's the sole um, directorial outing from a legendary editor and sound edit- editor, Walter Murch. Oh, so this is like his one foray, and I think he did a great job. It is one of the scariest children's films those ever da- made. Those dang wheelies, man. Oh, those wheelies, but it's but it's every bit is kind of like dippy as the original. So like it works. I don't know. No, why. I've never seen the original one. So uh, what? I've never seen Wizard of Oz. I don't have seen Wizard of Oz. No, it's an old, old movie, man. You I got love time musicals. For I do love musicals. Is it considered a musical? I guess it is. I Somewhere mean, they over the sing. Yeah. Yeah, not my cup of tea, man. Wow, that's... It is surprising. Most people are very shocked when they hear that, but... It's weird. I mean, it's actually, like, it's a good movie. So I've heard. So I've heard. (laughs) I always enjoy Melting Witches. That's always a... I'm always a pastime. And I I recently did did it with the the Pink Floyd album, and that was also awesome. Does that really work? Yes! It's (laughs) Dark Side of the Moon at everybody. Dude, it is weird, and I'm not even kidding. Like... Hmm. It is just so fun. Like, it would literally be like music. So at one point, she's like, walk. She's like, there's a pig pen, and she's kind of walking, like, on top of it, like a little balance beam. And the music is like, nee, 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 nee. 
and then she falls in it. And the second she falls, the track like changes and it's like <laughs> like the pigs are all and it's wild. So there's a lot of those moments where you're like, whoa, Man. that's really weird. They had some good drugs in England apparently. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I don't know. Like we said, this is a much darker film. It has monsters. Jacob said the wheelies. The wheelies are the scariest thing for children to see everywhere. They they make flying monkeys look like teddy bears. They do. <laughs> they're pretty pretty awesome compared to the their previous foes there. Totally. And I mean, it can't compare with the Technicolor impact that the original film had. No. I can't imagine what that was like for people to kind of see color for the first time in that way. Um, but this was part of Disney's black period, one that I very much like, and it deserved better Heck yeah, than to dude. be ignored at the box office like it was when it originally came out. I will defend uh, the black hole and the dark and the black cauldron all day, man. Those sure, movies they, are great. Yeah, we like to. Wish they did more black Disney movies. We're, and by the way, that means dark Disney. That's, yeah, we yeah, should like, be specific. There's yeah, a whole like, genre. Look it up. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, like just very like dark and creepy, and I love that stuff. So. A lot of good stuff. Do you want to squeeze yeah, one Yeah, I'll, I'll one throw more? in a, a couple quick ones here. Uh, yeah. go, go see Gremlins 2, everyone. Sequel to my favorite movie. He loves that there, forever. There's a new animated. <clears throat> ugh, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you see how it kind of gets caught in my throat? They're making an animated Yikes. Netflix sequel that nobody wants. <laughs> coming really? Out. Yeah. Gremlins? A, oh, yeah. Don't even get me started. I'm going to start screaming huh, on this okay. episode. Um, but if you want to see another movie that completely changes, Gremlins 1, horror comedy. Gremlins 2. Comedy horror question oh, okay. mark. Um, it's a completely different movie. Okay. They go completely slapstick with it. It's so much fun. They break in fourth walls all over the place. You got talking gremlins, girl gremlins, electric gremlins. Guys, it's so fabulous. <laughs> go check it out. Okay. I mean, I, I got a couple more, but I am going to just save them for another future episode. What do you think yeah. about that? When we get to go into uh, Red Thing again in a couple months, with, uh, we'll do well, the third we'll movie. See. We'll see what's going on. But uh, yeah, I'd say that's it. Why don't you plug us up? Uh, okay, so everything that we talked about and all booked up today is going to be available at your local library. Now, we do have 37 branches all over Erie County, but as we said earlier, they're all closed at they're the moment. They're not all closed at the moment. They're not? It's not accurate, no. Okay, well, we it's have... It's just places that are in the orange or red zone, gotcha. so there's a lot of the farther away ones that are still open, but... Well, well for the majority In the city then, of Buffalo. Um, they're all going to be curbside pickup only, so I'm not sure how that works. You call ahead or you do it online? Yeah, you call ahead and I believe you pick a time slot and okay. then you'll drive up and someone will come out with your material. Well, there you go, everybody. It's just and like, there's no hold fees for it. Look at that. Because we understand that you have to put it on hold. So that's pretty great, too. It's a good time to get movies. Yeah, perfect. Go, yeah. go step up and do that, everybody. You can also uh, go out, check us out on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod. Come say hello. See what we're posting out there. Also, don't forget it's such a good time for the e-books and audio books. And we have so many. Oh. Like, we get so many. There is really good stuff. I have a wish list that must have about 30 titles in it that I'm looking for. So. I know I got Evening in the Morning uh, came a digital copy for me. So that's a big book. I know, I'm, I'm <laughs> never gonna finish it. it this big... in my 21 day rental. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, okay, so since we talked about some of the best sequels, instead of facts to take us out, I just wanted to mention some terrible sequels that I feel most people don't even know exist. Oh, it's I love this. How and these are all they were stinkers. So American Psycho Two. Oh. What? Mila Kunis, what were you thinking with this one? Kindergarten Cop 2? Dolph Lundgren, what? (laughs) Backdraft 2? I mean... Just, what are you thinking? People barely wanted the first movie. 
Ace Ventura Jr. pet detective. Wow. They didn't even hire a kid. You got Milanakis to star <laughs> in this movie? Get out of here with that. These are Splash 2, T-O-O. <laughs> like, yeah, aren't I mean, you, you witty? You even, yeah, you even did the T-O-O. That's For, the worst. We're so mad at you. Um, Look what happened to Rosemary's baby. Yeah, he probably didn't make it into the good Boo. Boo. Um, The Birds 2, Land's End. I, I did see that one. How'd it's you feel about that? Not great. <laughs> not great. Also, like, this one, stop trying to capture the magic. Basic Instinct 2. I mean, all out for Sharon Stone for getting into shape for it, but nobody <laughs> this wants one, this movie. I love this because it's terrible, and I think it's the worst sequel name. More American Graffiti. <laughs> oh. I mean, uh, what else do you need to say, really? It's just more American graffiti, more. still graffitiing. <laughs> so okay, yeah, I, guys. Li- I liked more American graffiti better when it was called Dazed and Confused, and it was yes. made by a better director. Maybe that's just me. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you had a great holiday. Please stay safe, get your curbside stuff, enjoy the lockdown because sequels to things don't always have to be bad. All right, guys, take care. Bye.